This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. My feline friends, this is Michelle Fern, host of Catitude. Welcome, everyone. We have a great show coming up. We're going to speak to an author. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Molly, here's your dinner. <coughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. I would like to introduce Sean Flynn. He is the author of The Kitty Who Rescued Me After I Rescued Him. Welcome, Sean. Hey, Michelle. Thanks for having me on your program today. Well, I'm excited for you to be here. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about your book? Sure. It's a real good story. It's a story about me and my cats, focusing primarily on the first cat I rescued, the positive impact he had on me, and how having him in my life actually helped me through a difficult time. It's a real good story. We've been getting great feedback about it, and um, I'm really glad I had the opportunity to put my thoughts into a book. It's a very endearing story. It's short, and it's sweet, and it's just, I think it echoes what a lot of us feel when we rescue cats, except you were brave enough to put it into words and, you know, put your emotions and feelings out there. Catitude has a lot of fans, and a lot of them rescue cats. Let's talk about your background. You weren't into cats from childhood or anything, right? Well, we had dogs, uh, you know, family dogs as pets when I was a kid growing up with my family. And uh, my sister brought home a cat when I was a teenager, when I was 18 or 19 years old. But I, I really didn't have a lot of contact with cats. You know, you know, I certainly like all animals, and, and I've had friends that, that had cats, and, you know, I've always been, uh, you know, fond of cats, but I just never had the opportunity to have any in my life like I did when I moved to the house that I currently live in, and I met Kitty. You know, rescuing him led me to rescue several other cats as well. Uh, he really helped me to, you know, develop kind of a soft spot in my heart for abandoned and uh, stray cats. 
They tend to do that, huh? And they're like, as one of our show hosts say, they're like potato chips. You can't stop at one. They just keep going and going. In your book, you say that Kitty, who's the name of your the cat that you rescued, rescued you. What was going on that he rescued you from? Well, you know, I uh, was going through, or after I met him, I had some uh, difficulties in my life, some challenges in my life. And um, having him helped me to, you know, kind of focus on taking care of him and taking my mind off some of my personal problems and helping me to develop a relationship that was now didn't have anything to do with me. I mean, I was taking care of him. I was helping him. You you know, I uh, uh, took him to the groomers. I uh, took him to the vet. I got him his shots. I, uh, you know, was uh, taking care of him. And uh, it was kind of like one of those unselfish things. I uh, wasn't doing it. I mean, eventually I ended up getting something out of it. I got a lot out of it. In fact, he changed my life. But, you know, initially, you know, I was just doing it because I wanted to help him out. He, uh, he needed a home. As you read in the book, when I moved to the house that I currently live in, I actually backtracked two months before I even decided to move into this house. I was walking through the backyard with the realtor just trying to get a feel for the property. And I saw this big, bushy orange cat, and he was real friendly. He came over and rubbed up against my leg, and I just thought he was a neighbor's cat. I didn't think much of it. And uh, I ended up moving into that house. Two months later, I moved in on a Saturday morning, and I got home from work that Monday night. And that same stray orange cat was sitting on the front porch like he was waiting for me to get home. And uh, he was just a real friendly cat, and then we started hanging out together, and uh you know, he would sometimes try to even get in the house. <laughs> I started feeding him on the back porch, and I, and I had a bowl of water for him on the back porch. And um, I would hang out with him probably, you know, just about every night when I got home from work. I'd go, go out on the back porch to kind of relax after I got home from work, and he would be hanging out there. And sometimes he would come over and sit on my lap, and, you know, or on the weekends I'd be doing yard work in the backyard, and he would just sit in the grass and lay there and watch me, and he was, he was real friendly. And, uh, you know, he ended up stealing my heart, for lack of a better term. But, uh, yeah, he changed my life. And uh, as you said, you can't have just more than just one. I ended up uh, rescuing several others after, you know, I rescued Kitty because he helped me to develop a real soft spot in my heart for, for cats. Do you think the title kind of says it all, the kitty who rescued me after I rescued him? So we're not going to give any specifics away, but it's a great title. And in writing it, do you think part of you was trying to maybe inspire others to open their hearts to animals and especially rescues? Well, it's interesting you ask me that, Michelle, because I originally didn't write it for anyone but myself. I just had such a a spiritual experience with Kitty and my other cats, and I wanted to, you know, record those feelings and and those, the emotional impact that uh, Kitty had on me. I wanted to, you know, document my feelings and experiences, and, and I originally wrote my initial manuscript for no one but myself, and I shared it with some of my friends and family members, and they were really touched by the story. And uh, they were the ones who encouraged me to see if I could make a book out of it. So, you know, I decided to, uh, you know, after thinking about it for a while and uh, having some other things going on in my life, I I decided that, you know, I was going to go ahead and pursue that and see if I could publish it and, uh, you know, clean it up, publish it and make a book out of it. And that's what I did. And, you know, we've been getting some real good feedbacks. 
But, you know, and initially I just wrote the story for myself. Now, I certainly know what you mean, that it can help to inspire people to get involved in cat rescue. I mean, it actually, it actually helped me to inspire me to get involved in cat rescue. I volunteer with the local cat rescue organization here in my hometown, the Enfield Community Cat Project. And uh, we do a lot of good for the uh, cats in the community by, um, you know, helping to TNR our feral cats, you know, or rescuing the, the stray cats. Also, the uh, kittens. This is actually kitten season, as I, I, I know you're aware. All the kittens are born in late spring and the summer months. And um, so we trap the kittens, and we get them into foster care. We get them veterinary access, and uh, we get them adopted out to loving homes. So, um, you know, that's uh, always a good thing. But I initially didn't write the book with that in mind, but I definitely think it can you know, help to inspire people to get involved in cat rescue. Well, I think that's always a great thing because there's so many cats out there to rescue. Unlike dogs, there's a lot of indoor-outdoor cats and that people own, and not all of these indoor-outdoor cats are fixed. And a lot of people just abandon cats because they can live kind of... I think they're more likely to live out in the wild than dogs are for some reason. They're just more... Maybe it's their hunter instinct or something, but they're more okay versus dogs. I don't know why that is. Well, cats are very adaptable, and certainly their hunting instinct, as you suggested, I mean, you know, they can live off birds and mice and, and moles and small other small animals. And, um, you know, a dog might find that more difficult. Definitely. And, and here, lizards, they're there, unfortunately. They hunt their prey. So that's uh, even when they're fed, they tend to do that. What kind of cat was Kitty? <laughs> um, the uh, breed, he was a Maine Coon. He's a Maine Coon, although I, th I think he might be a mix. We have on my rescue team, we actually had, <laughs> this is a, this is an interesting parallel. Dennis came to actually to my home and just wandered in one day. And it turned out he's a Maine Coon mix. And I've heard people say they're the dog of cats because they're very friendly and they're not very cat-like, you know, as uh, I don't know how else to put that. And now that we've rescued a couple of others, I see the difference. I don't think he's ever hissed. He doesn't scratch, none of that. He comes when he's called. It's just bizarre. And the other feline members of my crew are more like cats, but, but he's more like the dogs. I definitely see that in Maine Coons. Absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're like dogs. They come when you call them. Although I have to say I have other cats that come when they're called too. Not always the first or second time you call them, but eventually if you keep calling them. <laughs> yeah, there's something about them though. Now, where can people that are interested, where can they find your book? Oh, sure. Well, the... Uh, book is available from, you know, all the uh, usual distribution channels. Wholesale channels include Ingram Wholesalers, and that's where bookstores and other retailers can get it from. It, it's fully discounted and returnable. It's also available through the, the usual retail channels that include, like, you know, Amazon.com. People can get it as either a paper book or a Kindle download. And it's also available from BarnesandNoble.com. And, you know, as a paper book or a Nook download. 
and uh, libraries and schools can get the ebook from Overdrive, and it's also available from Smashwords and Kobo, and many independent bookstores have access to it as well. Internationally, it's available from all the big bookstores worldwide, such as Indigo in Canada, Foils and BookDepository.com in the UK, BOL.com in Belgium and the Netherlands. People who live in Australia can get it from Booktopia and Fish Pond, and uh, it's available from Fairmondo in Germany. So it's basically available worldwide. That's wonderful. Now, do you have plans for another book? I absolutely do. I'm working on one. Well, not as we speak, but I am in the process of working on another one. Any hints for us? <laughs> Any hints? Well, I have tons of great stories about my cats, and, and my next book is going to be about Girlene. And um, for all my friends who know about Girlene, she was the one who was born in my garage eight years ago when a feral cat snuck in and had three kittens. And uh, she's the surviving kitten, and I've known her since she was a day old. So when can we start looking for it? When do you expect well, it to I'm be a, out and published? I'm hoping, I'm hoping to have something early next year, like maybe first quarter, possibly second quarter. Okay, wonderful. We don't want to give away too much of your story, so I don't want to ask too much, but is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Sure, yeah, that would be great, Michelle. As I mentioned, we've been getting great feedback about the book. It was actually selected as an award-winning finalist in the 2017 International Book Awards, something we're real uh, pleased with, certainly proud of. Uh, It also received a reader's favorite five-star review, And just this month, Midwest Book Review came out with a very favorable review of the kitty. And uh, I quote, one of those unique and compelling stories that will linger in the mind and memory long after the book itself has been finished and set back upon the shelf. The kitty who rescued me after I rescued him is unreservedly recommended for community library collections. So that's uh, certainly a real favorable recommendation, favorable quote, and um, we're certainly pleased with that, and we're continuing to work to get the word out, and uh, I've been going to a lot of various events here in my home state, but also I live in Connecticut, and also in some neighboring states such as Massachusetts, and actually just last month, I went to the 81st Annual Garden State Cat Show and Expo in Edison, New Jersey. It was a two-day cat show event, and they had about 5,000 visitors come through the doors. And I actually spoke at that event. So, uh, you know, that was real exciting. Met a ton of people down there. Helped to get a lot of exposure among cat groups, cat people. Just uh, a week or so ago, we actually were at a show, a cat show, a Tika cat show in Cromwell, Connecticut, and uh, met a ton of people there too. I've actually been receiving invites to go to other cat shows. Uh, I'm scheduled to speak at the New England Meow Outfit Cat Club cat show at the Sturbridge Host Hotel in Sturbridge, Massachusetts. So uh, we're real excited about that. Looking forward to meeting a lot of cat people that I've already met and, you know, meeting new cat people as well. So just working hard, getting the word out, and that's pretty much what we've been up to. We've also actually started to do events at Barnes & Noble. We uh, recently did an author event at the Barnes & Noble in West Hartford, Connecticut, and we have one coming up on Friday, August 25th at 7 p.m. at the Barnes & Noble in Enfield, Connecticut. 
And we also have one coming up in mid-September. It's Saturday, September 16th, and that's at the Barnes & Noble in Waterbury, Connecticut. So we're pretty excited about going to the Barnes & Noble bookstores and meeting people there. And uh, things are going r- real well for us at the moment, and we're continuing to work hard to get the word out about the kitty. Well, wonderful. Do you have a website where people can find out more information? Well, I haven't established a website yet, but I am very active on Facebook. As of today, I had like 2,300 Facebook friends, and um, I'm certainly uh, you know, welcoming people on Facebook every day. And if they'd like to reach out to me on Facebook, they can reach me at Sean Flynn, you know, S-H-A-W-N-F-L-Y-N-N. I actually have two Facebook pages or seanflynn.author. That's S-H-A-W-N-F-L-Y-N-N dot author. And um, I uh, look at both Facebook pages daily, and I, um, I uh, try to be pretty responsive to messages and emails. And, and um, so people can reach out to me there. If, if people want to send me an email personally, too, they can send that to seanpflynn at yahoo.com. That's S-H-A-W-N. P as in Patrick, F-L-Y-N-N at yahoo.com. All right. Well, wonderful. It sounds like things are going very well. Congratulations. It's so very exciting. And Thank um, you, Michelle. Thank you so much for being on Catitude. Well, thanks, Michelle, for having me on Catitude. I certainly enjoyed talking with you today. What a great show. It's been wonderful talking to Sean Flynn about his book. I'd like to thank my crew Dennis, Charlotte, and Molly. Those are my rescued cats that some days rescue me. Thanks to my great Catitude audience for listening. I so appreciate you. And thanks to my producer, Mark Winter, for making me and my guest sound fabulous. Stay tuned. We have so many more great shows coming up on Catitude. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.